0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, This is Get You Some Productions podcast episode number, oh man, I just had it, of course, Uh, 37. 37. Uh, This is a show where we discuss everything related to music production from the first note to the last fan. So we could talk about composition we could talk about stapling flyers to telephone poles we could talk about the fan that talks too close when they when they come to the merch table and they stink i love we could talk what's that love those people we could talk about all that stuff it's all on the table here Uh, so usually what we do first is we plug something for the show and so typically um for the show, get you some productions. I like to plug our Reverb affiliation. So if you want to support the show, you can do all the usual stuff. Leave a rating review, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Um, Comment in the notes below. If you're watching this on video, comment on YouTube. If you're just listening on a podcast app, leave a review. Feel free to leave comments there. A rating is great. You can even troll us if you wish to. I don't, I like that. It's kind of hilarious. So do that. But if you want to contribute to the show monetarily, you can go to Reverb. Uh, you can just click the link. It's, it's, um, it's a special affiliate link in the description in either the show notes or, or the show description, whatever, for whatever application you're on. Click the, click the description, the, note, the, the link in the description, and then go shopping on Reverb.com. For yourself, And anything you buy through that link pays the show um, a, a little commission. Also, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave a link to this because we are also Amazon affiliates. Um, yes, we sold our soul to the devil and we became Amazon affiliates. And you can, and we are in the midst of reviewing this book. So uh, we're not going to do that on this show, but if you go back one episode to 36, we review just the introduction of this, and we're going to be reviewing the entire book and talking about it in detail. And my guest today, if he wants to, we're not going to talk about it in this particular show, but if he wants to talk about that in the future episode, we can do that as well. But if you want to buy this book and read it along with us, you can click the link uh, to buy the book through the Amazon affiliation, and that also pays us a little bit of something. So that's great. So... Usually, um, my co-host, Dan Kutcher, is around, um, but this is kind of a special show with my very, very old friend, Mike Mendito, who has been, we've been friends since we were, I don't know, 8, 10, something. Do you even remember?
1: Yeah, I met you in 1989.
0: 1989. So that, oh, so then I would
1: have been 11, depending on on what month it was like September, well, we, we met at the uh, uh, Intermediate School.
0: That's right. Yeah. Jun- so in, in New York back then, it was called Junior High School.
1: <laughs> I- IS201, Intermediate School
0: 201. Inter-
1: IS201. I- whatever they want to call it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so Mike is um, my special guest today. And I think, you know, if, as long as he's uh, willing, he'll be a regular guest. So maybe the best thing to do in this episode is just to get to know Mike because he's sitting here in front of you and that's what we'll do. So uh, let's start with, and and this is a weird interview because I kind of know all the answers because I think Mike and I started playing, I think you maybe started playing guitar one year before me and you were part of the inspiration.
1: I started playing in August of 1988. Um, I started fooling around a little bit before that because in grammar school, they had this special thing like uh, mini courses and you, you were allowed to choose like they would try and make like a college experience almost already in grammar school and they offered guitar. So I had a teacher named Mrs. Collins and we had some relatively nice Three quarter size nylon string guitars. And the reason why they were nice is because someone got them in a grant and they got locked in a closet forever and no one ever touched them. So, like, we had these guitars. It was pretty amazing for the 1980s to have anything in school that worked. So, three quarter size classicals? Yeah, nylon string classicals.
0: Yeah, pretty awesome.
1: I mean, you know, the rest of the school was falling apart asbestos, lead paint, but we had guitars. So, you know.
0: Good shit. But you wait, so actually, so the the question I typically ask for people is, tell me your superhero origin story of music. So technically, you started on guitar. Well, you started, you really got into it on guitar, but you
1: actually sang. Yeah. Before you played guitar. I started singing when I was in grammar school. And Mm -hmm. in, um, well, I guess the year before, in the fifth grade, so probably only six months before I met you, we had this uh, play in school called Dracula, the musical, with a question mark on the end of it, and my uh, teacher, Frank Morano, who's actually one of my Facebook friends still to this day, um, I I was a weird kid in school, like, I finished everything ahead of everybody else, so I didn't have a whole lot to do. So he would take me out of class and give me things to do. So I would build furniture and fix things around the school and stuff. And then we built the set to this play together. He convinced like a funeral home director to give him a casket that the guy used as a uh, buffet table at his parties. And uh, I've got a video on my Facebook page. You could see me laying in a casket as Dracula and people is that, is hammering my heart.
0: Yeah. Is that video from like New York one or like a B cat situation?
1: No, oh, it's from channel seven eyewitness news with Ernie yeah. and Nestos. <laughs> Ernie and Estos. Yeah. When he was younger, Ernie. Estos, you know, so. Yeah, cool.
0: So yeah, I, I mean, I remember seeing that video <laughs> a bunch of times.
1: Yeah. So that, that's my, my proud uh, moment. And you know some of our, uh, our our friends that are on Facebook, they a few of them were in that. If we can track them down. They might be watch. They might watch this. Who knows? But um, yeah, that was that was fun. That's so. I, I, then they wanted to send me for my my parents and the other teachers wanted to send me for a private vocal lesson. Mm-hmm. And I remember going. I don't remember the woman's name, but it was in Park Slope, I think, in you know, like a nice old brownstone. And she had a grand piano. And she thought I was promising, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I just didn't want to be a singer. Was and it like I, um, classical style stuff? It was. It was just rudimentary vocal training at the time. It wasn't anything specific, and I just yeah. didn't really want to. I, I just didn't really want to be just a singer. And I had already started playing the guitar a little bit, and that's what I wanted to do. So. And the other thing was that standing there as a singer, I didn't know what the hell to do with my hands. I felt like, you know, here I am. I'm out in front of everybody. I'm singing. and I'm like, I don't know what the hell to do with myself. So I thought holding a guitar made me feel a lot more <laughs> confident for some reason. I just felt cool and confident. And like, I feel like I could rule the world with that guitar. Well, so yeah, you I, definitely feel and look cool holding a guitar. Yeah. So that's that's where all that that's where the guitar playing started. It, it started out of feeling so awkward trying to be a singer that I was like, i I, I got to have something else besides just singing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's why I always wanted to sing and play because I wanted to continue with the singing thing. But, you know, it just wasn't enough to just sing for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why all through the time we were playing together or you we were playing in the other bands, I always loathed singers for some reason I, I feel bad for saying that but you know you guys know how you are <laughs> so,
0: oh you're calling out the singers now
1: they know how they are you know the the attitude and you know the center of attention and then everybody else in the band put all the effort into everything but the singer wants to the credit
0: so yeah the singer but also you know I guess I singers do have that reputation
1: yeah well like um, any band people are always like oh yeah that guy it's always the front man the singer they're always like they think he's the whole band you know a lot of these guys don't play an instrument they don't write anything or if they write they write a poem and the other guys have got to put it to music but like we're going to get a lot of hate for this let me stop Let's
0: no it's go. a you know so here's <laughs> here's something that i was thinking about the other day this is we can go on unfortunately we probably will be prone to tangents but um I was thinking about how they say, when people write, when, when lay people listen to music, they feel the beat, they feel the rhythm, but they listen to the singer and they listen to the words and the melody. And I don't, you know, maybe you and I and, and jet musicians in general probably don't even get that because I hear everything. Right. And I often key in on a particular instrument so I, when I listen, I listen sort of a
1: little deeper, probably. Well, we also but, have some real music training. I went to Music Conservatory, which I dropped out because yeah. I didn't feel like I belonged there either. But you, you went there as a master student.
0: Yeah. Someplace. Right, so we don't listen yeah. like normal people. But, but yeah. I guess the point I was going to make was that when you, when you talk about the people who actually listen to, let's call it like popular music, Um, or any kind of music with lyrics and you have everyone that's actually listening to it, the consumers of it, right? Mm -hmm. They're listening to the music and if all they hear is the lyrics and the melody, or that's what they hear most often, then the singers, yes, I agree. I've I've worked with some singers that, and it's anecdotal, of course, but I've worked with plenty of singers that were, you know, very self-important. Yeah. On the one hand, but on the other hand, there's a lot, there's quite a bit of pressure on a singer.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I don't think you can even be like, just like you said, and I have the same problem. What the hell do you do with your hands? How do you move around the stage in a confident way? You
1: know, like,
0: yeah, I was watching a video. um, Margaret and I were watching a video for Mac Miller. Mac Miller is like a young, he's, he died actually. uh, He drug overdose, but He's a pretty talented dude. And he was doing his whole thing, his whole shtick in a video. And the video was just him dancing around. And I was like, shit, that's
1: hard to do. Well, now that you mention it, I'm I'm feeling a little awkward. Like, what, what should I grab? <laughs> you can hold the guitar. Yeah. it's uh yeah, this, is,
0: this is my newest. Now you're just showing off your collection. What's yeah. that? Is that Lake is that considered Lake Placid Blue? I think so. Yeah, I love that guitar.
1: I didn't buy this new, it was nearly new. One of my, my customers from, from my marine supply business, he didn't want it anymore. He only had it for about a year and he wanted me to have it. So he gave me a great price for it. And basically he was like, you want this? And I didn't really have a choice. So I agreed, yes, I want this. And I bought it from him,
0: so. When your customer tell, says you want to buy that from him, Yes. I guess you're sort of obliged. But like you said, and I and we won't discuss the details, but he gave you a phenomenally good price on it. Yes. So you basically stole it, and it is a legit American-made strat, and it's really a nice guitar.
1: Yes. As a matter of fact, it cost me nearly as much to get new frets. I just got this one back on this with new trim rings. New frets and trim rings cost nearly as much as this guitar. It, the entire guitar. Yeah. So so Mike
0: and I have been playing music together since you know since if we met in 89 we started playing music together in 90 or 90 90,
1: 91 90 right 1990 I remember specifically it was 1990 the first time that you picked up one of my guitars at least so it was 1990
0: I I can't remember was playing when the early very early days I know like I learned um, like uh, the Johnny Be Good Shuffle. I think maybe you taught me the sh- Johnny Be Good Shuffle. And, you know, I was working on that with my court guitar. Yeah, the court. Um, no,
1: those are sought after now. I don't the know. The old what, ones. I don't know what happened to yours, but if you had that now, it would probably be worth a full 600 bucks. But, you know, people, people want those. Yeah.
0: I think my parents paid $100 for that and that. Fibrochamp combined
1: that's great but you know <laughs> what's a hundred dollars in 1990 yeah was it was about,
0: 30 years ago
1: it was 30 years ago so that was still that was a decent amount of money to just throw at your kid and be like "Well, i hope you really use this you know mm-hmm. so what about
0: your let's talk about the first i mean and by the way we could talk this is uh, you know like, like like i said we could do this you know once in a while as lo- as often as you feel like doing a show like this you know it's it's you're my guest and I appreciate you wanting to come on the show because um because I need because I'm I have a show
1: yeah, <laughs> and I well, need I need to fill up air time I
0: think so and you're
1: would, and you're my friend yeah but this is yet another situation where you kind of made me an offer that I couldn't refuse I was like well I can't say no <laughs> so I guess I'm on the podcast well, you you could say no Well, I put put a survey out online and all my friends were like, of course you want to be on a podcast. I was like, shit, okay. Yes, I want to be on a podcast.
0: Yeah, the beauty of these shows is they go up into the internet, the ether of the internet, and they are, you know, out there forever. So when people search for, you know, when you and I are famous, whatever, and they search for your name and then they come back, this could be a result, you know. So, of course, you want to get in there, you want to plug – all your, you know, endeavors Um, before you actually plug your, before you actually touch that dial (laughs) before you plug your endeavors. um, Let's reminisce about uh, playing like Led Zeppelin tunes in your house. And cranking our amps up like as loud as they would go. I think we'd we would put one amp in one room, and then we would yeah. put another amp in another room down the hall. Yeah. We'd crank them
1: up, close the doors sometimes. Yeah, well, and then
0: stand in the hallway.
1: There's a very good reason for that, and that reason actually brings us to the point of why we wanted to do this podcast. Oh yeah, your gear and your sound, and most people do not understand how to get a good guitar sound. So. Really, the, the, the whole reason is you want, we had tube amps, and you want power tube distortion and overdrive. So you need to crank that up. There's no other way around it unless you have, um, it's kind of out of sight over here, hold on. Unless you have a resistor box called power soak, like this, mm-hmm. then you can crank the amp up into this, and then you can turn some of that into heat and lower the volume, but still get that awesome overdrive tone. You know, that's what you want to do. And it's a lost kind of knowledge that, you know, people are too busy playing with all their digital effects. They're playing with their digital modeling amps and their sterile solid state, whatever they use. And I think they've really lost touch with what's so awesome about an old Stratocaster and a nice tube amp because there's feel to it, 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 it you, it's hard to describe that an amplifier does not just amplify sound, it, it has a feel to it. And the more gain that you get out of it, you, it has a sensitivity feel, it has a sag and, and, and touch sensitivity. And I just don't think a lot of people understand that anymore. And you certainly don't get that from all of this modeled and emulated stuff the same way that you do from a real amplifier
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know that's why i'm sitting here i just finished this amp right here the other day oh yesterday or the day before and i'm just you know putting it through its paces and testing it before it gets into the cabinet and um right here i've got my transformers put this down i've got all my Transformers here because I was getting ready to drill the chassis and made myself a. I want to laser see laser template. Yeah, let's see it.
0: So, so let's. So here's the deal. Draw. Let me let me just back people up because we didn't say we didn't say that you build amplifiers. Well, that's my new thing. That's, that's your new thing, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, we. I mean, Mike and I still get together and play music occasionally.
1: Well, the pandemic uh, put a little bit of a hiatus to our music playing. This is the music room. This is my old bedroom when I was a kid. And here we are again. This is my guitar room. I'm surrounded by There's a wall of kind of crappy guitars in front of me here. The nicer guitars are over here. And there's one that's out. I got another really cool guitar that Mike Maggio has right now. Mm-hmm. And I got a Martin that's downstairs somewhere.
0: I started playing my Martin again. Um because uh, we went to Woodstock for a few days and I had to bring a guitar. So I just grabbed my Martin. Nice. And I was like,
1: oh, it's so nice. It's funny. Your, your Martin kind of brings us to how we got started with this again. We got started with the whole music thing again because your mom and your brother wanted to get you a guitar for your 40th birthday. And I said that... You have never had a real nice acoustic guitar before, and you probably wouldn't buy yourself one because I didn't really think that you understood that you needed it. So, (laughs) like, we were contemplating, like, you know, electric guitars, but buying somebody their midlife crisis electric guitar is a hard thing, you know, like mine, you know, ended up being, you know. Yes. I mean, that says midlife crisis right there. Like, I'm 40 years old and I want to be like, you know, when I was in kindergarten seeing this guy, you know, on that table in the hot teacher video and then the, the beat it with Michael Jackson. I mean, come on, who wouldn't want that? So it's awesome. And, he, and,
0: and by the way, the one that's in the shop is it's the same as that, but but
1: orange ro- rocket red, yeah. Rocket red, yeah. So it's not as. Oh, that was supposed to be my more adult guitar. <laughs> 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 because this one, this one only has one pickup. You know, there's hey, no you. there's no neck pickup on this one. Right. So it's got a knob. I mean, right. it's it's amazing, but you know, if you want a little bit more of a a bassy sound to it, you, you know, you if don't you, have it. This yeah. So yeah, if you
0: want a little more bassy sound, which translates to if you want a little bit more like respectable sound,
1: yeah, you don't want harsh harsh treble if you're not playing with lots of overdrive and you want to play clean, you wanna play something that sounds a little jazzier or that that's not really gonna do it so well. Yeah.
0: If you want a little nuance. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so what what the hell wait, so yeah, yeah. So that's right. <clears throat> yeah, because actually you're reminding me. We didn't play, we didn't we played music a lot when we were kids. And yeah. then we were in high school, we played a bunch of music together. What I mean, we played um, we had a couple of band like bands we were sort of started or were in, and then we played a bunch of like we wrote some music. It's something so for some weird reason, some this recent uh something about what I'm up to lately reminded me of a song we wrote it was called like Blue and Green Sneakers or something. Do you remember that yep. song? Yeah. And it was like a, supposed to be like a fusion-y jazz thing. Yeah. Because Blue and Green is a Miles Davis tune, or, but he stole, it from, he stole yeah, but, it from Bill Evans, but
1: that's not besides uh, we, the point. We, we also, you had a pair of green Converse sneakers and I had a pair of blue Converse sneakers. Right. So it was like, it only made sense.
0: Right, so Blue and Green Sneakers. But that, so that just popped into my head because we played that song. I um, hey
1: I haven't thought about that in a long time.
0: I know. Well, sure. neither had I. Um, but then, so we played a bunch in high school. Do we play together in college at all? I think we maybe yeah, just jammed yeah. a little well, bit here both, and there.
1: Well, you went away to college. Right. And I was going out with one girl for a while. I don't, I don't necessarily want to say her name. It's not that she's not one of my best friends. I just don't, you know, whatever.
0: We don't need to mention too many people. We don't, we don't
1: need to, yeah. And, um then we broke up and then I spent the rest of my time chasing after girls, which got in the way of playing the guitar. <laughs> but, but because I played the guitar, I got a lot of attention, you know, and the long hair didn't help me, didn't hurt. But, you know, and then um, so that, then I also I we were working at the music store together. That happened. That was like 2000, 2001. Oh, yeah, that's right. We worked at um, the Musicians, Musicians General, General Store. store which ended up being owned by a distant cousin of mine who I didn't realize until I already worked there, which was interesting.
0: Yeah, that's a weird small world situation.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: So, yeah, so the point you were making was that we hadn't played music together. We played music together in our formative years, so to speak, but -hmm. then we hadn't played music in a while. And then after I got that Martin or around that time, we started jamming
1: again. Well, that was the whole point of getting the Martin. It was my vision that, you and I were going to. I got my own Martin. Actually, was what, what the really the real way it happened was I was looking to get my own Martin, and then I ended up with a striped 5150 guitar because why not? How can you say no to that? And then, like you know, I remember it was six months or a year later. I came to my senses, and I'm like, you know, I still never bought that Martin. So I bought the Martin. I got it downstairs. i next episode I'll, I'll bring the Martin out. Okay. Um, but it was thunder and lightning outside.
0: I know you they might hear it through because we, we live, you know, within shouting distance of each other. So they might hear yeah. like i I'm, I'm uh, here. I'm hearing it as well. Anyways. So, oh, yeah. So so we got the, so yeah, so Right. So you got your Martin. I got my Martin. We started playing music again. But then we stopped playing those Martins.
1: Yeah, we well, together. Yeah.
0: That is. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. still play it.
1: I still play mine. Uh Since I've been working on these amps constantly, like day and night, I haven't been sleeping. I kind Mm -hmm. of neglected the Martin a little bit because I had that down. That was my living room guitar when I was hanging out on the couch with Sadia. I would just sit there and play Mm the Martin.
0: But Mm -hmm.
1: I haven't been sitting on the couch in the living room very much. I've just been in this room, which I also work in. So I work during the day, and then I'm here all day, and then I'm here all night, and I'm not sleeping, and I'm (laughs) building amplifiers, and I'm learning all in trial and error and, and experimenting with all these things here. You you learned a lot
0: about amplification in this short amount of time. When did you
1: start building the amplifiers? In February, right after your birthday. I think I, I finished the first kit that I bought on your birthday. February, February
0: 2021. Yes. So just uh, five months ago.
1: Yeah. And then I found some really cool YouTube videos and this guy who I'm going to plug because he's a really awesome guy. He yeah. goes by the name Uncle Doug. Yeah. And so I also, I found this, hold on, found this weird guitar in my attic, which was yep. a because, you know, we've lived in this house for like 30, 30 years at this point. Now, I don't know where the hell this came from. This is a Tiesco Japanese baritone guitar. Uh And it doesn't even say anything on there. It says made in Japan on the back on this plate. So I'm looking it up and I found someone who had this identical guitar and it was this guy, Uncle Doug. He found it in like a pawn shop, I think. And uh, so I wrote to him. And uh, he wrote me right back. He he was a really nice guy. And I just been chatting with him constantly. And I just started experimenting and building and watching his videos and some other youtube videos and getting all these ideas i joined a tube man builders group and i'm looking at all these great things that these people are doing i'm like you know what i could do better than that
0: mm-hmm.
1: all i have to do is put my mind to it and try and I, I think i could do better than that so what what is it now it's august it's august and mm-hmm. i've already built three of these and the kit that i had originally gotten i ripped apart and turned it into my test mule. And right now, it's I'm calling that my model number 187 because uh, I thought it was really killer. It was like a murderer. So I was like, hey, 187. But it's uh, my friend Mike Maggio's got it at home or in the store. I don't know where, where he's got it. But it's got a big EL34 tube sticking out of it. And uh, that's going to be my next model, which I'm going to work on. I might even do it with this chassis. I'm going to work on making it into a finished, nice amplifier,
0: but. Are you going to put that in the same type of like, um, you know, wood casing that you have your old other amplifiers in?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Cause we, I mean, also we didn't, so I'm just going to talk for a sec. Cause, cause so Mike started building these amplifiers, um, uh, you know, learning how to build them initially from, um, from the kit like he said but n- he's he's since developed his own design and what you're looking at now is handmade uh hand wired the the chassis is handmade and yeah. even the faceplate and backplate are
1: yeah i made them on my laser cutter
0: yeah he has a
1: laser cutter I, I, that was in, another, this, <laughs> in the room another, with him that was another few weeks of sitting here with this uh, little this basswood plywood, which you know plywood is glued together with a glue called urea formaldehyde, oh. and uh, when you burn that with a laser, it stinks. It sounds like your house, it smells like your house is on fire. So I'm sitting here in this room with all sorts of fans on and smelling this, and like many many hours of figuring that out while I'm working on all this. This is yeah. actually the rough cabinet. The nicer one, which is yours, Mike Maggio has it, and he, You know, I'm waiting for him to give me some feedback. He was supposed to call me today, but that didn't happen. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've never seen a reaction from him. I've known him for like 33 (laughs) years. And he came over the house like uh, last Tuesday. And I've never seen him react quite that way before. And now he took both the amplifiers to play with. Uh And uh, I'm just waiting for some more feedback. But he seemed really happy. The, The only problem is that, you know, to make this, it costs a lot of money. So, and then the amount of time it's spent, it's a lot of friggin' time. So I'm not really sure how much these are going to sell for yet, but we'll, we'll see. But it's going to be, you know, it's going to be rather expensive. This is, you know, many, many hours of work of intricate, you know, each one of these is a push pull. It completely changes the circuit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is not just like I had uh, a, a nice gentleman comment on one of my posts and he asked me why I went with an EL84 tube. And not a 6v6 tube on a single end amp that kind of looks like a champ. And I was like, there's a lot more to this than just a champ. And you can switch this into a very British sounding circuit also. So you can do a lot with that. And I put a lot of time into this. I mean, this is like hundreds of hours over the course of just six months without sleeping. So (laughs) if I look a little worse for wear, that's that's why. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I
0: could tell you that I. Have played that because we, you and I have jammed a bunch of times since you've had one. Um, you've had one finished, although yeah. you have modified it in the inter intervening, you know, weeks well, yeah. where I would so, come um, and jam, and then you'd you'd modify it. But generally speaking, um, the amp is capable of doing a lot of different sounds, and that's kind of like the 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 amazing thing is it. And, and actually, you correct me if I'm wrong there i don't know of an amp that does what your amp does in the in the the wattage like specification right i'm not sure if there's any amp that does what you what your amp does fr- frankly but there it's also specifically sort of a low wattage amp yes so there's not i don't i don't think there's um like a full tube there may be another handmade boutique amp somewhere that we don't know of.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Right, there, but, and there are some
1: great there are some great amp builders. I have become friendly with some of them. And there, yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys that make some great stuff. But yeah. I I I agree. I you know I haven't heard or seen anything else quite like what I just made. Yeah. And I don't want to just sound like a pompous ass that I'm saying that. It's just yeah. I really I really I put a lot of my own. I mean, I've been doing this for 33 years now and I've been hanging out. I was one of the youngest guys to hang out in the real scene with, you know, hair metal guys with giant hair. And, you know, I was a little kid being taught how to do all this stuff and being taught how to repair these things. So it didn't happen by accident. And even though I I only started building these things six months ago and I had to really learn how they work, I already kind of knew how all this worked and I knew how to get a good sound. And, you know, mm-hmm. I have experience with recording and hanging out in a recording studio at college. And, mm-hmm. So, you know, I know what I'm doing. And so, yeah, I, I think I've created something nice.
0: Yeah. Well, it's definitely unique. I mean, it's like, um, I, I don't know of any other amp where you can, you can get like the champ thing, you can get like the different most of the time when you buy an amp, you're getting it voiced a certain way. Right. So you, yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm going amp shopping and what are you looking for? I'm looking for a Marshall or I'm looking for an orange or I'm looking for a, like a Fender, you know um, I'm looking for like the, the Fender blues junior sound, or I'm looking for a Vox, you know, but all those are basically describing like amps that are voiced a certain way. Your amp, essentially has like a couple of controls where you can change the voicing yeah, and you can get like you know the different you can get all the different voices but it's not like you know nowadays you can buy like the Fed you can buy the fender mustang 2v whatever modeling amplifier and that's a modeling amplifier where you click the dial and you can get the Marshall, the Vox, the yeah. Fender, right, the Twin, look, I, I, I gets it, but on. it's ana- it's all analog.
1: Yes, it's a real amp. It's a crazy thing yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, my grandfather, my grandfather owned a um, an electrical supply warehouse right over the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, and he used to repair. Hi-Fi's and televisions when he was younger and he made a lot of money doing that. And I think you were with me. We went to Raceway Park, I think, and we stopped at his house. And he mm-hmm. gave me a couple of boxes of tubes when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, you know, I've been obsessed with, with vacuum tubes or thermionic valves. And um, you know, then I, I bought out of the window at Maggio Music Store, I bought this Laney combo. Which was all two with two sixty-sixes and a whole bunch of 12ax7s. A little too much, and uh, I always had a love-hate relationship with it because they had a little too much going on. And that's why I always loved your Champ. Is the Champ? It's very pure. It's really the the gold standard for like the best sounding studio amplifier. Like uh, Joe Walsh with uh, was that Funk Number Forty Nine that's a champ. You know, there's no bet that when I was a kid hanging out in the basement of Maggio Music Store taking lessons, my teacher, Joe, he was playing this tune and Mike Maggio and Joe Cephalo were like, this is one of the best sounds that you're ever going to hear. And that stuck. Let me tell you. And then you had that champ. And I was like, yeah, man, it's just so pure. It's just one preamp tube, which is actually two amplifiers. And one power tube, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And there's just nothing better than a single-ended amplifier. I mean, you know, granted, you can't be very loud with it. You're only two, you're only putting out five real watts with the Champ, which is still damn loud. I'm not really hurt my hearing one time playing your Champ. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I had my ears were ringing for days because I had it like you know sitting right there next to me, and I'm just. And oh, yeah, because was... I I
0: left that. I actually was the dummy who thought. It wasn't a great amp, and I left it at your house because I was like, "Ah, yeah. who cares? I'm just going to leave it at Mike's house."
1: Yeah, so I for a it while.
0: It. Yeah.
1: No, I just cleaned. I cleaned the contacts for you, and you had an intermittent problem with it going on and off. It was just the silly speaker jacks that they got on there. I did, yeah. Like a like a weird RCA jack, and then just two. Um, I don't know what you call those plugs that go onto the the speaker, but
0: yeah, it's like a little yeah. it's like a little tab with a sh- like a sheath.
1: Yeah, I forgot what they call those. I, got, yeah, I don't know. People. But yeah, so how did I convince you that that was awesome? Was it Julian Lange? Lange? Julian Lange,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, because he uses a champ. Yeah. So a a Telecaster and a champ to play jazz. I know. Pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, I have been playing it, and actually when I, so here's an interesting tidbit. I play my champ all the time now. In fact, it's all I ever play practically. Nice. But when I come to your house, I always have you set up your amp like a champ. Yeah. It's like, well, give me the champ thing. And it's like, oh, yeah, dial this thing. You have to have the resistor at this and all this stuff. And it's like, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like the sponginess, the feel, all that, you know. And like, it's almost like it has a little bit of um, like built in compression. So it feels like it's easy to play or something. I don't know what it is.
1: The main difference, though, is that your Champ has a tube rectifier. And
0: oh,
1: right. I have a very stiff, solid-state rectifier with, like, a, a pretty big filter capacitor set up. Uh-huh. So I don't quite get the same kind of stag, but we still the, – the way I set up the, the, the amp, you, you get a very champ sound. It's very similar. Mm. Yeah. Well,
0: every time I come, I feel like that's, like, the sound – when you get when you when you set it up, I'm like, yeah, this
1: is the sound. If no, yeah. if you don't, if people don't understand what what a rectifier is, um, the word rectus means straight in Latin. So, like your rectum is the straight part of your colon. Mm-hmm. Um, the word direction, you know. Um, so a rectifier straightens out the AC voltage and turns it into DC voltage. And that's what you need to power the tubes in the amplifier. But simultaneously, you also have AC on those lines also, because your guitar is actually an AC generator generating an AC signal that goes into what's called the grid of the tube. So you simultaneously have AC and DC existing at the same time.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: uh, it's a concept that's a little difficult for people to grasp. And mm-hmm. most people are probably going to tune us out if we talk about this any longer. So we'll just go on. <laughs> we'll I, on.
0: You know, so, so yeah, that's, a, that's a good point actually. Cause we, I usually wrap up around 30 minutes. I think we're close to 40. <laughs> so um, I think we should wrap up, but I do actually think we should do like, I think when, I think we should plan to do one where you talk about all the like real heavy duty gear stuff without like, on the controls on the amplifier without giving away too many, you know, of the special sauce secrets or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's fun for people to hear. I always get a kick hearing you talk about that stuff because it's like you go yeah, actually, deep.
1: We'll talk about my low voltage tube overdrive.
0: Yeah. I'm into that too. I think you should put that in a box, man. We'll have somebody paint a picture on it you'll you'll be a, an, you'll be a tube maker. Oh, you already have one. All right. So it's in the works.
1: So, so do you have your, did you buy your, um, did you buy your URL yet? Yes, but I did not post anything up there quite yet. I don't have a lot of great photographs. Um, and also I've been, you know, working on a bunch of different things at the same time. So yeah. it's, it's menditoamps.com and I'm calling the company Mendito Amplification, not just because it's me but I have a family member who still wants to remain anonymous, who also has the same last name, who is making the cabinets. Uh-huh. So once uh, they, let's not even give the gender, once they want to know, want to be known, we'll, we'll, we'll let them be known.
0: That's but, fine. Yeah, you know, because we'll put the beauty of, of this podcast and the, and the internet in general is that this goes, when somebody goes onto the podcast app, if, if somebody stumbles across your amplifier and they go to the podcast app and they say, I wonder if anybody interviewed this dude and they search for Mendito amplifiers or Mendito amp, this podcast will come up. Yeah. And then the link will be there in the future. One year from now, a thousand years from now, theoretically. If future. The, <laughs> so exactly. So, uh, so you know, we'll just put the link in, in the description for people to find you know, and when it's up and running, it's up and running. This is like early days, you know. This yeah, is like a sneak preview.
1: We need to buy a telephone booth so that we can go travel to the future. Yeah, we should buy a DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're no, moving. you don't
0: like DeLoreans.
1: No, man, they they came with they're the too work. heavy. No, it's that they just came with this six cylinder engine that was pathetic, you know. But right, right. It was a great well, car, but you know. Well
0: uh so thanks for coming on the show thanks for having me. until next time until next time um check out mendito amplificate ampscom go to the link stay tuned for more stuff you know michael be back on the show because i'll just you know bug him until he comes back on and um you know that's it we'll keep doing it oh yeah so and and don't forget to like and subscribe and the motto I always forget to say this. The motto of this is the motto of Get your Some Productions is to create constantly and to inspire others to do the same. So I should have said this up front. Instead of listening to the podcast, go practice yes. your instrument yes. first, then yes. come back and listen to the podcast. Create constantly and inspire others to do the same. So go practice your instrument, play music, call your friend who plays music, get together, jam with each other. You know what I'm saying? So
1: just wear a mask for now.
0: But wear a mask. Yeah. When, if you're doing it in person, I mean, yeah, you have to do it in person for now. But, you know, on the date of the recording, which is August 10th, 2021, we'll date it. All right, dude. Later. Later, bro.